You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome to Jurassic Park, Sid Talk. Thanks. Welcome. I'm to underwhelmed. Jurassic- I'm oh. underwhelmed. You're underwhelmed of Jurassic Park? All right. your, your Jurassic Park. <laughs> well. What have you got to offer? What do you, what do you bring? What's the before the after the show discussion? What I've got to of- offer in my Jurassic Park is tea, coffee, and water. Hmm. That's so it. You've already given me a cup of tea. I can also describe to you what a dinosaur looks like, <laughs> but I can't show you one. <laughs> do you have any dinosaur bones? No. Do you have any dinosaur-themed food? Could possibly swing that. Okay. I can make you a sandwich. Brown bread. Right? Yeah. And we're and vegetarian, so keep I that. could do you a boiled egg and <laughs> you could pretend that's a dinosaur egg. <laughs> I'm still underwhelmed. So that is not the before the after the show discussion <laughs> at all. We were talking about this movie. Not favorably. So there's a there's a little spoiler alert for you. <laughs> we're just sort of, you know, having fun with it. This is. Saturday, July the 30th, this is after the show, 747, 747, like a jumbo jet. Right on. The movie we're looking at this week, because we are a movie review podcast. We are. We are. Is Jurassic World Dominion the epic conclusion of the Jurassic era? It's a 2022 movie. You can stream it now. It's PG-13. From our friends at Universal, Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Jurassic World Dominion. First, before I do that, do you think it was the epic ending? Yes. <laughs> That's a lie. So we're starting off with deception. Synopsis is uh, they're dinosaurs and there's people and um, set. All right, here's the real one. Four years after the destruction of Isla Nubula, dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will reshape the future and determine, once and for all, whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet that they now share with history's most fearsome creatures in a new era. That's pretty epic, that synopsis. It's more epic than the... Yeah, but it's not accurate. I mean, it's accurate-ish. This is the third movie in the Jurassic World trilogy the finale of the Jurassic World trilogy. Sid Talk, how did you enjoy it? Okay, that's an interest that's a different question. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I did. I always have a good time with action, adventure, science fiction, which is what this is. You know, bringing the dinosaurs back to life. I dig it. I'm interested. So I enjoyed it. It entertained. I could pin entertain- the question to you differently. You ready? Yes. Well, that question is yes. I was entertained and I enjoyed it. And now, this is the third in the Jurassic World movies. Sid talk. How the hell did you enjoy it? <laughs> I could put it that way. You could, but you didn't know I enjoyed it yet. So how the hell did I enjoy it? Was it's just a romp, isn't it? It's like there's. Other than the heavy messaging, like we have two or three heavy political ideological messages coming down about environment and food sources, you know, food systems. And I believe also 
female autonomy, you know, kind of situation. Yes. Other than that, which always kind of makes me roll my eyes. I, I mean, I appreciate people want to say what they got to say. I'm all for it, but <laughs> I can enjoy it because there are some amazing scenes and sets and my imagination can kind of go there to a place where if I was walking around and saw giant dinosaurs or was in that kind of danger, like kind of try to feel it viscerally if I can. So I can enjoy that because I love the concept. That doesn't mean I enjoy the story or the writing or the acting. <laughs> right. Or any of that. Now, this is my least favorite of the Jurassic World movies for sure. I was dropping off on the last one, actually. Do you remember the last one? Yeah. Last one was kind of like a film of two halves. The first half was them escaping the park. And the second half was this, like, it was set in a house and it was an underground, like, dinosaur auction place. And it felt like two different movies. And it was also as if it was trying really hard to jam-pack explanations for the park and how the origins of everything that yeah. we've never known before, cramming it all into one thing. Like... That thing where you swoop in at the last minute to save a movie about, uh, and a thing comes in, and you're like, don't even know who that person is. How can they come save the day? Whatever that is. That's called something. I, I forget what it is. Like a cheat kind of, you know? Like, like a cheat. Like a Mary Sue. It's I not mean, a Mary that's what that's called. It's not a Mary Sue, but you're close, yeah. I think. It's a name of some kind. That's what it felt like. So they're trying to set up all this stuff to explain all of Jurassic Park and to give life, like extend the life of it. Yes. And then this is supposed to be the payoff of all that. And I didn't feel like that at all. The only payoff in this one, and I don't think it was successfully executed for me anyway, is bringing back the original three people. Oh, yeah. It meant nothing to me whatsoever. They brought back Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum. And they kind of, they play the Jurassic Park music when they are all on screen at the same time. That was supposed to be the big payoff. But I don't think it was because... Mm. I don't think it mattered that they were there. Agree. Our new heroes could have easily dealt with this whole situation. Because I was like, why are they here? Are they I mean, it would have been great to have had <laughs> a good story that brought everybody back. That's where I'm lacking my enthusiasm. Like you, I enjoy just like a big epic spectacle film, which is what this is. But it also felt to me as I was watching it like this was just... They were going like this... Do you remember, like, the part where he, like, chased after the dinosaurs? Check. We'll put that in. Do you remember, like, the motorcycle chase bit that you might have liked? We'll do yeah. that. Remember just, that part where they had to go turn the electricity on? Oh, yeah, that thing. It and felt then, like um, the greatest hits of Jurassic yes, Park. Yes, 100 yeah. million percent. Are they going to do, like, a, a part where the two big dinosaurs fight? Check. That happens. Yeah. So that's how it felt. It felt like greatest hits. When the movie opens and they're doing, like, a big exposition dump to try and get you up to speed <laughs> did you feel like the special effects were terrible in that area of the yes movie? it was there were very many parts and i was like whoa 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 but that whoa. beginning part i was like hold on is this actually official jurassic world movie because this <laughs> looks terrible like it like it, it was, was a bunch of like home movie footage of dinosaurs doing stuff in the world but it all looked like junk i was like 
Could I didn't think it looked like junk, like really harshly, but it just looked lower, like non-convincing. That's where my it looked brain worse goes. Than the very first movie from years and years and years. Yes, ago. I wasn't convinced that they were in the world. No, and when it showed, it zoomed out, and then it showed you like a skyscraper, and it showed you pterodactyls like swarming around it. I was like, that doesn't look great. My expectations were lowered at that point, and then the movie started. And the special effects actually got better, I thought, throughout the movie. Mm. Sometimes they were terrible. Sometimes they were actual puppets, you could tell. You know, yeah, smaller looked, ones. It looked a bit ropey at times, for yeah. sure. And like there were times where I was like, is this like a discount knockoff of Jurassic Park? Because it doesn't seem like up to the quality. But then True. there was other times where I was like, wow, that's really cool. This uh, action sequence, which I really enjoyed. And weirdly, it wasn't really to do with dinosaurs much. And it was the... Where he was on the motorcycle, and then he drives into the back of a plane. It was a bit of a James Bond scenario. Yeah, I didn't like... I mean, you can tell everyone. I'm not a big fan of chases, and there's a very mm. forced, like, a big jumble of chasing at different times, and I was totally bored. And I thought, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie, the movie had a complete identity crisis. What do you mean? It just didn't know what it wanted to be. It was, like, literally... There was a part of it, which the part I just mentioned with the motorcycles and the, you know, the lady, like the baddie, who's like really cool looking like a Bond lady. It felt like it was trying to be J Jason Bourne or James Bond or something with dinosaurs. And then it moves on a little bit more and it, it's something completely different to that. Also, that whole thing with them going infiltrating the like a bazaar of black market dinosaurs. Yeah, that seemed weird. It, it didn't even fit with the rest of like, when you think about it after it happens, you could have not had it and it would have been better. The only reason it existed was they wanted to have a chase on a motorbike. True. So there's a lot of that stuff where you're like, oh, we're going into this action sequence. Is there really a big reason for this action, action sequence? And yes, it's like breadcrumbs. It leads to another thing and leads to another thing. But it doesn't all fit. It doesn't sound like we liked it. I don't think I did really like it. <laughs> I think it was just... Like I said to you at the end. But I enjoyed it. It's the definition of that was okay. The definition of that was exactly what you said. Yeah, like it's not terrible. It fits with the other Jurassic World movies. It also feels like it's just a jumble of ideas thrown in a hat and let's film a few of them. I think then, what you're saying is it doesn't fit with what you expect from Jurassic Park movies. This is the third Jurassic World movie and progressively they got worse anyway. They did, because the first one was quite good with the park being opened, and I enjoyed the park being opened, them going visiting it, and then the park going to shit at the end and everybody getting, like, <laughs> murdered. You're terrible. <laughs> well, I enjoyed that. I know you did. And then the second one was, oh, the park's not operational anymore, but we have to go and, like, rescue stuff. That wasn't as interesting. And now I thought, at the end of the second movie when it showed you that the whole world is overrun by dinosaurs, I thought, holy shit, that third movie is going to be amazing. But it turns out the whole world being overrun by dinosaurs is actually not that interesting. Well, it would be. If they showed but it. But not presented as it was presented. It was presented as in, like, there's a few dinosaurs here and there. It wasn't, like, horrific. I wanted it to be horrific, is what I was saying. It's five years later, so we're coexisting with the dinosaurs. But it doesn't present the dark side of that much. It's just like, hey, look, we're in a field and here's some dinosaurs. I don't know, it looks pretty crappy. 
to me. The, no, I mean, it looks like it's being pretty terrible. Like the yeah, gigantic- but people were loving it, taking pictures of them and like, oh, look, a dinosaur, mm, and it's really cool. True. And, but I'd be like in my backyard doing the lawn or something, and I'd be like, fuck, is a velociraptor going to jump over the fence and kill me? <laughs> nobody, seemed, nobody seemed that danger. Nobody was worried about that. <laughs> no. In reality, I think that's what would be happening, right? Those apex predators would be eating us at some point. You would think. Yeah. The way they presented the whole world being consumed by dinosaurs and us living with them just didn't feel like that. Also, it comes down to this like bad guy's lair. It's almost like Austin Powers. He's got a lair. It was a bit, yeah. That whole thing. You could have scrapped all that for me. It was just, I don't I know. I get you. What did you, it was like a knockoff Steve Jobs. It was very idealistic. And another thing that you said, if we're doing some spoilers, like nobody dies. So spoiler alert. If That's, that was prepared. one of my biggest problems. <laughs> like nobody's even injured or like, you know, nothing. Just no, nothing's invested. Nothing's risked. Nothing's get lost. Nothing at all. It is a very flat feel good, if you can say that. In fact, in the end, they just want all the animals, dinosaurs or animals, to just live in harmony together. And I was like, I get it. We're going mushy, mushy here, but it's really boring, like super boring. I didn't like that. For the end of uh, the Jurassic era, as it says here on the poster, the ending felt like a flat joke to me. Like it, it was literally what you just said. Hey. We're now going to live with the dinosaurs. Everything will be great. Yes. Here's an elephant and a dinosaur in the same field. Look how happy they, they get are. <laughs> Look how happy they all are. Yeah. And that was the end. And I was like, that's the end? It felt flat to me. The other thing about them not killing any major character. I had also had this issue. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Okay. If you've not seen Stranger Things 4 yet. I also felt in that thing, Stranger Things 4, everything felt like everybody's safe <laughs> because of who they are. Sure. So in this movie... What do you call that? There's a name for that. Plot armor. Right. So in this movie, I felt everybody was thoroughly armored up. But why couldn't you kill like one of the old you know, legacy characters like Jeff Goldblum's character? If he went down at some point during the fighting and actually died you could have a touching moment i mean this is the end of it right are they bringing them all back again is that why we're not killing anybody i always feel like that's probably is there a third trilogy on the way (laughs) or a tv show or something where they're like can't kill anybody because our story's bummed if we or we might want to do a rip off or a take off or whatever you know it almost felt that when you're thinking of that and then it ends and you're like Wow, nobody was actually in peril. There was peril. Don't yeah, get me there, wrong. yeah, I was never convinced anyone was going to fall or get injured in any way, shape, or form. I was never convinced, even during the most perilous moment where they were trying to make you think that Chris Pratt is about to die. A plane is falling out of the sky and he's telling Claire, You'll get the ejector seat. There's only one parachute. You'll be fine. And she ejects out and you're like, He's not dead. Like, like I was immediately like, the plane's going to crash and he's going to step out of a hatch. And what happened in the next scene? Well, the very next thing that happens is we see that he survives a plane crash, as a lot of big action heroes do. Yeah. So I never felt danger. And literally, they were dropping out of the sky with no engine, no parachutes, nothing. True. 
felt Indiana Jones-ish, because whenever that happens to Indiana Jones, you're always like, well, you'll figure it out. So you're comparing it to Indiana Jones and Bond. Well, Anybody else? Oh, Star Wars. You got some Star Wars. There was definitely some Star Wars in there. Sam Neill was definitely dressed as Indiana Jones most of the movie. And then he had a fire thing in his hand. I was like, oh my God. Look at the poster, (laughs) for instance, on, on our sheet. Yep. It could be the Indiana Jones meets Jurassic World thing. So, yeah, there was definitely, like, we're paying homage to things, but why? (laughs) Like, why? Does it sound like we hate it? It does. Well, I was just picking it apart most of the movie, I guess. So that probably means I didn't like it. If you're sitting, like me, I'm sitting there and I am, like, first of all, I'm very distracted by all the flaws. That always happens when I'm not interested in the story. And then I'm making it better in my mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. writing a whole different story. I'm too lazy to write an actual movie, but when I'm really not interested in how a story is written, I will just then be like, well, you know what would be better? If they didn't say that and they didn't do that. And I'm not the trolley person on the internet is going to go and be all like, this movie never should have been made. I love that it exists. Somebody's going to love it. But Rewind, you said you actually enjoyed it, right? I did enjoy it. That doesn't mean that I think it's good. And part of the enjoyment was me thinking to myself, like, oh, you know, Jurassic Park is so good. It's such a good idea. It's like so amazing just to think about in modern life, the dinosaurs. I'm actually thinking that while I'm watching it. You know what I mean? Like I'm distracted by my own thoughts. Right. Yeah. So that's me enjoying it. But maybe I'm enjoying my own made up version. (laughs) Now, one thing I really did like, I've got to give hats off to this one. The surround sound mix of this movie was very, very good. It had crazy, like, bass effects when the the dinosaurs were coming. You could feel a dinosaur coming. And you could also feel surround sound going on. Like, things were behind you. Dinosaurs were jumping from one side of the room to the other. I was impressed by that. Did you like that? Yeah. I mean, I don't care about that. So much. When they're giving awards out for sound or whatever, I feel like this movie has very in- enveloping sound, let's say. Well, that's a good thing. Then they had the opportunity to use the music from Jurassic Park, which they did when they brought in the older characters. But then they cut it off midway through to kind of go, ha, we're not playing it. I didn't like that. Because, I mean, is it that syndrome where, like, the person who grabs something that's old and tried and true is like, I'm going to do it my way? Yeah. And make it so much better. Because it went like, da, 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 stop. <laughs> and and then, then he starts playing the new version of the theme. I'm like, oh, come on. You could have had a great moment there with them all looking at the camera with the music. But nope, didn't do it. Nah. Did you like that part with the fountain thing at the end where it made the Jurassic Park logo? No. Oh, that was really It just dumb. seemed really dumb also. <laughs> Explain what that was. It was... The T-Rex, of course, always featured, comes to be menacing to another giant creature. There's a big circle sculptural thing in this, I don't know, like garden area of the villain's lair, we're going to call it. <laughs> and uh, it briefly passes through the circle behind where its head is exactly the logo for Jurassic Park. Yeah. And it's it- just super cheesy. And on a normal basis, like if the whole movie had been like so awesome, I would have been like, oh, that's cute. But instead I was like, oh. Uh. Also, if you're going to do that kind of cheese, 
when his head gets directly in the middle and, uh, you know, it looks like the Jurassic Park logo, that's when you play the music. You go, uh, da, 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 and that's But see, super- the problem was even the T-Rex didn't pull through. I mean, he pulled through. He just didn't. But if you're going to be cheesy, I'm menace, saying. He didn't give us the what? Am I sounding too, too? I'm very, very critical of this, but even no, the T-Rex was not powerful to me. He didn't. It wasn't menacing, and it didn't save the day, really, and it didn't do anything. It was just like, oh, we have to put it in there, so we're going to put it in there. Now, what was terrifying was the giant locusts, which are the new addition yes, to this Yes, I was movie. like, holy shit. That's one of those times I'm like, okay, this would be terrifying. I'm getting on board with this one singular idea. Because the opening like scene where we first meet these giant locusts, and they're like the size of like a chihuahua, right? Like a, like a pet dog. Yes, yeah. And there's thousands of them. And there's some kids just in a random farming location. And they all come flying out of the corn and fly towards them. And they barricade themselves in a big barn. And the noise it's making, and it's just terrifying. I was like, imagine if that really happened. You've not got a chance. Because they're all just going to smash into you, injure you, you're done. Now, they looked a bit puppety and fake unfortunately but as a whole that it seemed like a really terrifying idea i enjoyed the concept of them because it was like okay we've done all the dinosaurs to death really at this point i mean i appreciate the concept except without the lecturing about the food you know the food system situation talking of things that are liked was some of the creature designs the dinosaur designs were really cool like the one with the feathery arms I don't know yeah. what it was or if that was like a I don't know a made up one because they've been doing weird stuff with genes and stuff, haven't they? So No, he said they're all pure. So these are all dinosaurs that we could probably look up. Right. Well, that one was cool on the ice, basically. It's, it's like kind of like a bird, but then it's not a bird. Like a raptor with bird's wings. The wings are not good enough for it to really fly properly. It's just cool looking. There was quite a few different cool looking things. And I did think some of the CG was very, very good. And then on the other hand, it would cut to another view and you'd be like, oh, wow, it looks bad. So yes, it's super <laughs> uneven. So those were the things I liked. The surround sound, some of the CG was very good. A lot of the characters were very dumb. Yes. A lot of the dialogue was, please stop talking now. <laughs> yes, you know? so unfortunate. The one person who I wanted... When like, you're like rooting for the whole movie to get better. Yeah. Not like a character to win a fight or for the humans to survive, but you're like, come on, little movie, you can do it. Yeah, (laughs) little, like, giant movie. Yeah, but it's not giant when it's not good. It's just a crappy little attempt at, I don't know. All right, so let's get on to the cast here. Chris Pratt reprises Owen Grady. What do you think of Chris? I mean, he was fine. I find him kind of meh. You know? Like one note, really, isn't he? Yeah. I don't find him that interesting. Yes, he was very funny as Star-Lord because it's very specific, and he does that showing off, charismatic, full of himself. And he has a lot of one-liners in that. Yeah, and it fits perfect. I have no arguments about that one at all. But um, yeah, this is just, there's a lot of serious looking into someone's eyes and like holding shoulders and like, are you okay? Are you okay? And you know, the his power, uh, the power of putting his hand up and then dinosaurs yeah. pay attention to it. <laughs> that power is so overused at this point, it almost felt like a joke. It did. There was a scene where other people did it and it worked as well. I was like, well, that's it. That's how you defeat it, the whole thing. 
Just everybody put their hand up. Yeah, exactly. It's like on Walking Dead, all you have to do is cover yourself with zombie guts and you'll be fine. And then what happens? Nobody does it. No. Unless it's like... It's too gross. Yeah, but it's not... (laughs) To survive a zombie apocalypse. I'd rather die than... I would be the person harvesting the guts forever. And I'd be like, you know what? Fuck this. This is going to work. We'll all be safe. We can live amongst them. As long as we're covered with guts and blood. Okay, so there's your problem solved. All he has to do is put his hand up and go, look me in the eye. Look at me. Look at me. And like the Velociraptor's on board with that. So uh, Bryce Dallas Howard plays Claire Daring. What do you think of Bryce? I think she's all right. I've liked her better in things. I think this was very kind of flat. There wasn't much for her to do. There wasn't, except for look worried and then try to look determined when it's like, this yeah. is your child, essentially. They've You have to watch it all to know this isn't their child, but essentially is her the child they're raising. So she gets this determined look on her face every once in a while that she's going to save her. She seems affected, like she puts on a very theatrical thing often, and it doesn't seem to fit. You know what it reminds me of? The uh, Fay Ray in King Kong, like, ha, ah, gasping and looking and, ah, like I'm... Okay, yes. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable yes. <gasps> Good one. Good one. Good one, yeah. All right, Laura Dern as Ellie. See, these are the characters who are back. Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum. So what do you think of this trio? I'm completely unaffected. Yeah, and I, I love the first movies, yet it didn't... I mean, I love Laura Dern, don't get me wrong. She uh, she was my favorite out of them. But it didn't do a lot for me that they were all together again. I know. But Laura Dern, I was like, yeah, cool, Laura Dern's here. Twin Peaks. Twin <laughs> Peaks Army. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah, and Jeff Goldblum's charming. Got a few- I actually liked him better than I have in a lot of other movies, to be honest. He was funny. And he also had, like, there's a line in this movie where somebody says, you were back when Jurassic World, and he goes, Jurassic World? I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. (laughs) So, yeah, that was funny, that they were making fun of themselves. Yeah, Sam Neill, take him or leave him. Yeah, it's unfortunate, because it could have been, as they like to describe it, epic. It's like the Beatles coming back together to do a concert, but then the concert's kind of meh. But you're expecting something. If all of the Beatles yeah. came back for a concert, yeah. it wouldn't matter how it was. I would be like, wow, two of you were dead and now you're here. You're saying if the Beatles came back for a concert. The ones that are left. <laughs> and you were like, oh it my God. It still wouldn't be disappointing. And you were like, oh my God, the Beatles are back. It's going to be awesome. And then they came on and it was just really mediocre. And you were like, oh, that's how this movie felt. They came out and sang Justin Bieber songs. <laughs> For bringing these three back, who are like legends in this franchise, and then you're like, oh, look, they're back. But the thing is, were they that great to begin with? They weren't even all in all of the original movies. No, I'm just thinking of the first movie, like where, that's the best movie, come on. I mean, I don't know if it's the best. They're a combination of bits and pieces. I didn't mind number three. I know a lot of people hate it, but three as in. I hate three. I hate it. Wow. Hate it. Fine. There's a new character, Dewanda Wise, plays Kayla Watts. She's a... I call her Pam Solo. Mmm, nice. You get it? I get it. Um, did you like her? I like her a lot. 
Her character, however, and how she's written is very forced. I didn't like that. It's like we need a pilot in this movie because we have to get them from A to B. So let's have a cool pilot. Yeah, let's have a very cool woman who is kick-ass, and she was. I liked her a lot more than I liked the character. Yeah. And again, the character doesn't really... It's just to serve a purpose of them flying. They need somebody who can fly a helicopter and they need somebody who can fly a plane. Yeah, That's exactly. It. We've also got Mamadou Athi as Ramsey Cole. You like this guy. I did. I like he's my second favorite thing. I like the girl. I like him. Yeah. The girl was Isabella Sermon as Maisie. Yeah, this Ramsey Cole guy is like a guy who kind of he's kind of a crosser, double not a double crosser, more a helper of he's an insider. our heroes. Yeah. Yeah. But he's on the other side. But yeah, I liked him too. I wasn't quite sure what he was up to. Kept me guessing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is he tricking them? Is he actually helping them? But yeah. And Isabella Sermon as Maisie, the girl, she's good. British girl. She was in the other one. That's all I can say. She was fine. Yeah. I know people say, oh, there's no bad part. There's only bad performance. Not true. <laughs> no. There can be a part where the person has so little to work with. And so it's just... Blah, you have to rise to the occasion. And she was fine for that. And directed by Colin Trevorrow, he directed the first Jurassic World and the book of Henry. Um, he's, so he's back to do the last one. What did you think of Colin's uh, directing? I, I mean, think we've pretty much spoken to that. Yeah, it's another Jurassic movie yeah. is what it is. It's unfortunate. I don't think there's anything wrong with the way it's directed or anything, but I think the script and the actual payoff story if this is the end of this trilogy it's not a very good ending to a trilogy right sadly no it's like people don't know how to end things these days <laughs> i don't think it's these days i think to be fair ending any story is really difficult i mean unless you're gonna go unless you start with the idea like you know what i'm gonna just fucking kill everybody like here's some spoilers coming up for you there are some movies that have endings where you're like oh, holy shit like Planet of the Apes original, right? Uh-huh. The one where, I always forget the name of it, the tidal wave that actually comes and like kills some of the major characters and shit like that. I would. <laughs> I was I'd, thinking there's more than that. There's got to be more than that. I'd put Rogue One in that. In that. Well, Rogue One, you know the ending though. You don't know all your Yes, people. you do. No. You know the ending. I had no idea. You have to know the ending because you know what they did. I knew the ending, but I didn't know that they all paid for it like that. Yeah, but you had to know because you've never happened. heard of them any other time. So that one doesn't count, but hey, that's fine. It's fine. You're well, it was worse. a shock to me. <laughs> I guess there are TV series, you could say, have some shock endings that make it like, you know, controversial. Yeah, I don't think an ending has to be shocking to be good, though. No, I'm saying, though, endings that make you go, whoa, that have a reaction. Right. That means something. Like, I'll give you the best ending to any TV show ever. Six Feet Under. Isn't that just telling everybody's story? It is, but in this really, like, cool way. I could just watch that sequence. It lasts about three or four minutes on YouTube. It makes me well up. It's very emotional, like, when you've been on the journey with all the characters. Right, but it's not really... It's just wrapping it. It's as if the show had gone for 50 years, and now you're seeing how everybody... Everything. You see, like, it's very satisfying, and it's also very sad. I personally, of course, love... The end of the Bob Newhart show because he wakes up or Newhart, which is the 1980s one where he wakes up 
in the apartment that he was in, in his original show from the seventies, as if the one from the eighties never happened. And he's got his actual original wife there, like two different shows, but he's actually all of the new heart from the eighties was a dream. So I love that. I thought that was hilarious. And I like six feet under my favorite. I was going to say the ending of the Sopranos was really good as well, but I don't think it was. I don't know if it was good, but it was definitely like, what? Yeah. So, you know, you got to give a little bit of credit, I suppose, to the question mark ending. (laughs) Yeah. Because that really is like, oh, really? Like, which way is it going to go? Oh, we're never going to know because that's it. That's what we'll be seeing. All right. So IMDb reviews. What are those? Mm, Those are reviews on IMDb. And you pick the ones that have one little star or thumb up or whatever it is. One star, is it? Only one star. (laughs) Because. One out of ten. They're hilarious. And this time, because we've said a lot of negative things, we're probably not going to argue with the people. All right. Number one says, insufferable. (laughs) I absolutely hated this film. The legacy characters are used as bait just to up the box office numbers. It's a horrible plot that makes the incredibly long runtime insufferable. The actors aren't no fault. The visuals are pretty good, as you might expect from a movie this expensive. But the script is atrocious, and to put the epic conclusion on the poster, it isn't even a conclusion. The main issue isn't solved, and everything that was wrong in the previous films is just elevated in this film. It's absolutely terrible. Don't watch it. (laughs) Well, I don't think it's insufferable. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's not quite that bad. Second guy says, this movie is boring. The plot was a mix between Mission Impossible and Stranger Things, two different teams that have to team up at the end. And it had some Jurassic Park thrown into it. So it was the multiverse of no plot. It was badly written, and I wonder if they could do better with a higher budget. I think the budget for this was, like, ridiculously high already. So that would not solve anything. Mm. And third, and finally... Jurassic World Dominion is a film that never takes off. It's filled with terrible subplots, ugly dialogue, uninteresting characters, and an unconvincing plot. It's just a really bad montage of your favorite things from Jurassic Park. So I'm going to give Jurassic World Dominion a score, and I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Mm. I'm going to give it like a 4.8. I don't even think it's up to average. I think it's just, it's reaching for just being... Ah, I've just completely enjoyed it. I don't have huge complaints, blah, blah, blah. I'm not in there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm like, I enjoyed it, but it's not even hitting the average note. So there's that. I wish it was a better ending for this trilogy. It just really wasn't. It fizzled out. According to us. Yeah, we don't know everything. So thank you to Universal. Next week, we're going to review the latest in the Predator series, and that's... Pray. Now, here's another thing about me. I'm not that, I mean, I'm a Jurassic Park. I love the original and it's fun. And I was just as like enamored as everybody, but not that attached to it. You know, I I don't watch it over and over. Predator, however, I have like a long-term serious relationship with the Predator. The Predator, not just the movie, but the guy. If he's a guy, he might not be a guy, but when I first watched Predator, I was young, impressionable, somebody that I happened to live in their house. I was in my 20s, and he would blare this movie for hours over and over and over on these giant speakers. And he was wasted half the time. I was wasted half the time. And it was like pivotal. I loved it so much. And now, even now, 
I am attached to all things predator related. I don't even care what anyone's opinion is. I don't care if it's crap. It's like zombie movies for me. It could be the worst fucking thing you've ever can even imagine someone getting to make into a project. And I'm like, it was fine. So I'll see how the predator situation goes. Dan Trachtenberg of uh, Totally Rad Show fame. He's the director of Prey. That doesn't make it good, but I don't care. So there you go. Um, <laughs> He's going to well, get a free pass What I'm on this saying one. is he did a really good job of 10 Cloverfield True. Lane, which was his last uh, one. It had a very specific vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Predator and Prey. Movie recommendations. I'm going on the tip of Jurassic World Dominion. I'll recommend you the original Jurassic Park. It still holds up. Even the special effects hold up. It's what? How many years old? 20? 30? 25? Somewhere around there. (laughs) And my other one is Pacific Rim. If you want to see big, giant monsters convincingly fighting each other, there's a movie for you. Yeah, I liked Pacific Rim. Yeah. Also didn't mind Battleship. Battleship with Rihanna, that one? I Yes. Yeah? Uh, Yes, and Liam Neeson. I don't know about that one, but Pacific Rim. No, I liked it. And City Skylines? Not City Skylines. That's the game I'm Just playing. Skyline. Skyline as well. <laughs> but you never saw the big beasts, really. Skyline was pretty cool, I yeah. thought. Because it was actually a low-budget movie in disguise. You know, they tried to sell it as this big blockbustery thing. But it actually wasn't. It was a pretty small story. But You should, you should read the one-star reviews for that. I it was intense. It was. Yeah. Am, I really, am I recommendations? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Dolores Claiborne. I should say, though, I go back to the 90s for all my recommendations for 2022. This has nothing to do with the movie we've just seen. It does not reflect the quality of the movie that I'm recommending or revisiting. It also doesn't reflect how much of the movie I remember. I just know that I've seen it. There's that disclaimer. Uh, (laughs) Dolores Claiborne. One of those that I know I watch, but it's it's faded in the back. I definitely watched it, too. Bad Boys, which is one of your faves, I think, from the 90s. That's not one of my faves, no. Is it not? No. You didn't love the uh, it's, uh, what, Will Smith and what's his face? Mike Lowry. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was okay. It's Michael Bay. I do like Michael Bay. You do like, maybe that's why I, I didn't I love Bad Boys, no. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic, which, say what you will about Johnny Mnemonic. I mean. But if you think about it, it's kind of ahead of its time. Very ahead. So if you want to watch it, don't blame me if the quality isn't there, but just consider the concept and be like, whoa. Die Hard with a Vengeance. That's my favorite Die Hard There film. you go. That's why I was confused. And the ever-present Braveheart. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Hey, Scully Stuff. I've been playing a game this week called Hot Wheels. You know what Hot Wheels is, Sid Talk? <laughs> what planet do you think I live on? Yeah. This one. And yes, I, of course I know what happened. It's a PlayStation 5 racing game, but the twist is you're playing with Hot Wheel cars, which are tiny little cars that you buy from Walmart for 99 cents a piece usually, right? Not just Walmart, but yeah. They're pretty cheap. Little tiny. I've got one somewhere. I've got one right there on top of my uh, picture. But they're just small Hot Wheel cars, and you're playing with them on tracks that, like, supposedly kids have built in like so basically what you're saying is the room you're in is like giant compared to you yes i mean you're playing a tiny little car right on there's been a track built like the first place you're in somebody's living room and the track has been built around the living room and it does all the loop the loops and all the crazy you know like hot wheels tracks that you can make 
And it's just a straight-up racing game, really. It's like you do race after race after race, and then you collect money and parts, and then you open, like, boxes, like the Hot Wheels boxes that you buy in the store. When you open one, you get a random car out of the box, and it could be better or worse than the one you've got. But I've been pulling, you know, you don't have to pay money or anything for it. It's all in the game. But I've been pulling out cars out of these boxes that are really cool, like Kit from Knight Rider is in there, the A-Team van. They're all based on Hot Wheels that you can buy. So previously licensed is Batman. You know, there's the Ninja Turtles. There's the Back to the Future DeLorean. All the cars are really cool. And then there's just like the Hot Wheels style cars. It's like a Barbie van, you know? Right on. The pink van. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. So what makes that really funny is when you're racing, you know, you're in like whatever you're in, your cool car, and then all the other cars you're racing against could be anything, like including a Ninja Turtles van, you know. So, And they look really realistic, the cars. Even you said they look really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Even just, I, like mm. my opinion is so valuable that when Correct. I say it's cool, you know it's cool. <laughs> And like I say, it's just a straight-up racing game. It's presented to you like a play mat on a kid's floor in his bedroom, and each dot on the mat is a new race, and you have to unlock one race to get to the next race. And as you beat each race, you get like a prize at the end of each one, which might be you get two boxes to open or you get you know some money to buy a new car. But I'm really enjoying it. It's fun racing. It's about drifting around the corners, you know, doing the loop-de-loops, fun hot wheels ps5 ps4 xbox pc it's on all the platforms sid thought what's for dinner well the reason we're telling you is because we're vegetarian and people think we're starving we're not starving we're having black bean and rice roll up thingies in a tortilla with you some, mean burrito like a burrito i can't promise the shape of the burrito so i might have to have you do that part because you're good at it and a little side salad of all Here's my gardening talk for the week. Homegrown items. A homegrown cucumber, some little tomatoes, a pepper. I'm very excited. I don't grow a lot of things that we can eat. (laughs) We would starve if we had to rely on my gardening skills at this point. I'm a cynical, skeptical, let's say not optimistic person. I'm not pessimistic, but I'm not optimistic. And yet gardening does this thing to me. I'm like, okay. I got seven tomatoes this year. What did I do wrong? What did I do right? What was the weather like? What can I do so that next year the hope infuses into the next year of gardening? So maybe there will be more tomatoes, more cucumbers, and more tomatoes, more peppers. We're having hope and bean burritos. (laughs) What's your advice? Let's get out of it. My advice is not really advice. I'm sure that'll come as a shock to everyone who listens to my advice, -advice, non-advice on a frequent basis. But I... Just was thinking about my own self. You know, it's very easy for me to do. I'm highly narcissistic individual. And I was thinking like if, and the sound, again, this is going to sound pessimistic to some people. To me, it is the opposite. If my life were done right this minute, like done, like I choked or I keeled over or disappeared, like just poofed into particles of nothingness magically, whatever, and I'm done, right? So that everyone who's ever known me and loved me, that's it. I'm out of the picture. And I'm just done. I feel like I have enough of all the things. I've done enough of all the things. I don't feel like I know enough. I love learning to do things and things like that. You know, like I'm 
trying to learn about music and the violin, which is hilarious. I should make videos. They would be very popular on the TikTok, I'm sure. Middle-aged, overweight woman trying to learn violin with her short, stubby fingers. But hey, that's not going to happen. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I love a lot of people. A lot of people love me. I don't long for anything other than just to do whatever the fuck I want, like retirement. And I don't want retirement so that I can go travel and buy a bunch of shit and have a bigger car, which is what a lot of people do when they retire. It's very weird to me. I feel like my retirement's coming to where I'll be like, okay, ah, I'm settled in all the things I've done. And now everything is like icing on my delicious life cake. And I just feel like I don't see that or hear that in a lot of people, which is sad. So I would like to infuse the hope of that, that you could get there in your mind. I don't know if it's a reasonable way to think like, oh, I'm good. It's not like I'm settling. I've done a lot of things. I've been a lot of places. I've had a lot of things. I've known a lot of people. Listen to me. I sound like I should write a song. I did it my way. Trademark. But I don't have this thing where it's like something's in in my future that I have to keep grasping at and reaching for. And therefore I'm subtracting my this moment experience, right? Because this moment could be it. I've done all the things in the whimsy of them. I'm very wild and I'm very unpredictable. I'm kind of settled in my middle-aged life, but I, in my life, you know, if someone said, hey, here's $10,000 and I want you to just jump on some planes and fly around the world and do whatever you want, that's what you, that's the only option you have with this $10,000. I'd be like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> like, uh, I'd tell you, hey, someone just gave me money. <laughs> I'm going to go fly around the world. I'll be back when I'm back, right? That would be me. I have no, nothing about that would scare me at all. You could say you're going to the top of a volcano. You're jumping out of a plane. We're going to hike up a mountain. I mean, that might kill me, but I'll be like, let's go, right? So nothing is out of bounds for me. And yet I feel like I've kind of done the stuff. I'm good with my imagination. I live well vicariously through other people's experiences. I'm happy for other people when they do crazy shit too, or accomplish a thing in their life. So I kind of get a little taste of it and I'm satisfied with that. I'm satiated. So I would hope for that for everyone. Nicely said. Thanks. Let's wrap up the podcast. Basically.com is where you can go to get this podcast. You can also go Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and catch us on there. We're Ascoli and Sid Talk. Uh, anchor.fm slash after the show you can also go to spotify itunes amazon music anywhere the podcasts are available you can email me aschooly at on the old you know internet digital email electronic email as electronic you said that one mail. guy calls it you can also not email sid talk on electronic email because she doesn't use it she's more progressive and doesn't use old technology i mean that isn't the truth but hey and stay classy The Jurassic World Dinosaurs. (laughs) And uh, who are the dinosaurs? Are they the people that is in the movie? Or is it the dinosaurs? Who knows? Oh, deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone is doing it for you.